Signs of smoking dependence are smoking within 30 minutes of waking and smoking more than 20 cigarettes daily. The benefits of quitting smoking are health, longevity, savings, looks, sexuality, food tastes better, your sense of smell improves, exercise is better, sexual pleasure is improved, your bad breath improves. The risk of lung cancer drops, so after 10 years, the risk is as low as someone who has never smoked. Early COPD can be reversed. It decreases your number of UTIs, urtes and bronchitis. You have less wrinkly skin and your teeth are less stained. The test for ascending, uh, assessing dependency is the Fagerstrom test although it's often obvious just on examine on history taking. The five A's for quitting smoking are to ask about tobacco use at every chance, assess motivation and confidence to quit with the question, are you interested in quitting? Advise all smokers to quit, saying there are lots of benefits to quitting and it's worth considering quitting. Assist the smoker to stop with counselling and psychotherapy and arrange follow-up to maintain quitting. Strategies to generally, generally engage initially uh, encourage the patient to make a smoker's diary, make a contract to quit, join a support group and contact local quit line. In the initial phases of withdrawal from smoking Patients are going to experience restlessness, cravings, hunger, irritability, poor concentration, and headache. So the pharmacological management of smoking cessation is based around a couple of medications. Nicotine gum, there's two megs and four meg gums. The idea is to choose uh, four megs by ten pieces daily, changing to two megs after four weeks. There's transdermal nicotine patches. If you're on ten to twenty six per day, you want to do a ten meg patch. The aim is to cease in twelve weeks. And if you're on more than twenty, you want to start with a fifteen patch, change to a ten meg patch in six weeks, and then cease in twelve weeks. There's also nicotine inhalers. The idea is to have 12 inhalations per day for 12 weeks, then taper. The other medications include bupropion, which is Zyban, 150 megs daily for 3 days, and then BD for 8 weeks. 
or chain pick starting at 0.5 megs daily, working up to 1 meg BD and completing that in 12 weeks. You can get a second round 12 weeks after the first round. The problems with alcohol are that alcohol harms 1 in 10, 83% of the population drink, 20% of fatal accidents involve alcohol, and this dependence in 10% of the population. The levels of high risk for alcohol use are more than 6 standard drinks per day for men and more than 4 standard drinks a day for women. The clinical pointers to alcohol abuse include plethoric facies, puffy, greasy face, telangiectasia, rosacea, rhinophyma, bloodshot conjunctivae, uh, colitis, angular colitis in the corners of your mouth, and prominent lower lip. The guidelines for drinking are drinking less than two drinks a day reduces the lifetime risk of harm. Drinking less than four drinks on a single occasion reduces the risk of harm in that occasion. For children under 15, not drinking is especially important. For children 15 to 17, the safest option is to delay drinking as, soon as, as long as possible. For pregnant women, not drinking is the best option. And for breastfeeding, not drinking is the best option. So some questionnaires you can do in the history thing are things like cage. So do you feel you should cut down on drinking? People annoy you by criticising your drinking? Have you ever felt guilty about drinking? And do you ever have an eye opener? And there's also the audit tool. Investigations in alcohol abuse include blood alcohol, serum GGT, which can be raised in isolation, but it quickly settles when you stop drinking, uh, carbohydrate-deficient transferrin, having an MCV greater than 96, having an elevated HDL and a lowered LDL, and having an elevated serum acid. Serum uric acid. The manifestations of alcohol dependence are with tolerance, withdrawal, drinking larger amounts or for longer periods than intended, unsuccessful attempts to stop, cut down or stop, having a great deal of time spent obtaining, using and recovering from alcohol, uh, giving up important social activities so you can drink. Uh, important and continue drinking despite knowledge of knowing the damage that you're causing. So in terms of the models of contemplative change, the stages of change are well, pre-contemplation, contemplation, action, maintenance, and then relapse. So a plan for doing alcohol, alcohol intervention is advise reduction to safe levels, outline the benefits of stopping drinking, provide a self-help pamphlet, organise a drinking diary, obtain consent for phone follow-up, and getting outside help with counselling, alcohol uh, and drug units, and a support group. And online support groups are quite good. And then following up in one week, the pharmacology help for quitting, quitting drinking includes 
using a camp receipt, 666 megs TDS, Naltrex own 50 megs daily, and there's only a modest benefit from that, from those medications. The treatment of acute alcohol withdrawal is diazepam 20 megs every two hours as needed, thiamine 100 megs IM daily for three days, vitamin B group supplements, and haloperidol 1.5 to 5 megs BD. The features of delirium tremens are that it occurs one to five days after withdrawal. You get disorientation, agitation, clouding of conscious state, marked tremor, visual hallucinations, sweating, tachycardia, pyrexia, signs of dehydration. The management of acute delirium tremens includes hospitalization. This is always necessary. IV fluids and electrolyte balancing, treating any systemic infections, giving thiamine, which is B1, 300 megs IV for five days, and then thiamine, 300 megs orally, daily. Diazepam, five megs every half hour until symptoms subside, or orally, 20 megs every two hours. If psychotic, you can add haloperidol 1.5 to 5 megs BD. Uh, but note that haloperidol and diazepam may worsen hepatic toxicity symptoms if there are any of those. The management of illicit drug use and withdrawal is complex. It involves medical and social aspects, emotional aspects. You need to address social, socioeconomic status. Uh, and other things such as Hep B, Hep C, HIV infection, prevention of those. Uh, it's best to refer to a treatment clinic and um, approach it with shared care. The treatment options include within these clinics pharmacological support, acupuncture, high doses of vitamin C, substitution with methadone or buprenorphine, and community education programs. The management of acute of opioid withdrawal uh, is initially based around the use of buprenorphine, so that's used to prevent the emergence of withdrawal syndrome. You can also do buprenorphine maintenance over a longer period. You start with buprenorphine, four to eight megs as a single daily dose, and increase that to twelve megs on day three, and then you look to reduce that over three to five days. You can also use clonidine if there's autonomic signs. Clonidine 5 to 15 megs per kilo per day in three divided doses for 7 to 10 days, then taper. I think that's doses wrong. Um, so clonidine 5 to 15 megs per kilo per day in three divided doses for 7 to 10 days. And you can use diazepam 5 to 20 megs QID. You want to do daily review. You can't do takeaway doses in this period. Buprenorphine is suitable for outpatient management. We uh, need daily review by an MO. The idea is to titrate against the severity of withdrawal features and cravings and actual heroin use. You can pres prescribe a fixed daily dose or a flexible regime with upper and lower limits. You can do two to three week withdrawal 
regimen, or you can do a five to a shorter regimen of five, four to five days. Um, and you can go into longer from that into long-term maintenance regimes if you want. The idea is to need to be free for two to three days before discharge. Uh, or if you're doing a bit longer, four to five days equals a week before discharge. Let's just say two to three days before discharge. Uh, you can do like five-day withdrawal regimes. So the idea of doing those would be day one doing four megs BD. Day two, four megs in the morning and two to four PRN at night. Day three, four megs morning, two megs at night. Day four, two megs in the morning and two at night, PRN. Day five, just two in the morning. Day six, none. Day seven, none. Day eight, discharge. You Then you wait five to seven days after the last buprenorphine dose to commence naltrexone. Uh, you can do this two to five days after if you're in a hurry there as well. Or you felt that wasn't going to result in withdrawal symptoms. So maintenance programs for long-term opioid dependence include methadone 20 megs daily initially, stabilizing the dose of this over three weeks and going up to 50 to 80 megs daily. Uh, buprenorphine is 2 to 8 megs sublingual once daily and then you increase the dose to uh, 8 to 20 megs daily, 8 to 12 megs daily. Buprenorphine has the advantage of being less dependent and less prone to overdose. Uh, but noting it can pre precipitate withdrawal if used too soon. Now Trexone 2 megs initially, increasing to 50 megs daily on day 2. Um, you can use that as well, but you need to have a naloxone challenge to ensure that you're not going to precipitate withdrawal in that patient. So the features of stimulant abuse syndrome are aggressive behaviour, paranoia, irritability, and the rest of being on ice. Features of stimulant withdrawal syndrome are drowsiness, hypersomnia, then insomnia, irritability, aggressiveness, and dysphoria. So management of stimulant withdrawal syndrome involves psychological support, desipyramine, desipramine, 75 megs noctay, bromocryptine, 1.25 megs for cocaine withdrawal. Management of hallucinogen abuse syndrome is to systematically or symptomatically treat the features of hallucinogens. Uh, so haloperidol, 2.5 to 10 megs daily, or diazepam, 10 to 20 megs per two hours.